Hey, this is Mike Marshev, and once again, this is Mike the Marshev. You know, there's an old saying, uh, I was thinking about it the other day, what is old is new again. And I think in this day and age of technology and, and things are changing so quickly, there's a tendency for all of us to be looking for that, that next magic pill, the, the answer, the solution. We've been we're banging our heads up against the wall. Things aren't working. And so we're saying, what's new? What can I try that I've never tried before? And I think that the answer may be found in a different direction. And I think we have to rewind the clock and, and, and go back to what I call the basics. Or, or, or let's start from the beginning. Let's, let's go to the fundamentals. Let's go to the skills that got us to where we are. And yes, maybe there's a lull in the action, but I think rather than trying to go to some grandiose new marketing scheme, it makes sense to go back and, and try the tried and true once again. And that, that brings me back to the basics and the fundamentals. Now, that being said, years ago, and you'll see uh, on this tape I'm going to share with you the, the reference to cassettes. That shows you how old this tape is. But to show you how things do not change, I'm going to play today an interview I had with a friend of mine, Larry Finkelstein, very, very successful businessman who has daily or had daily sales meetings with his sales team in this one particular company at the time. And I, I called him up and I said, Larry, share some information with me. People are tired of hearing it from me. Maybe if they hear it from somebody else, it might sink in. And, and the, what he shared with me years ago holds true today. And that's why I think it's time well spent to share with you Larry's uh, comments, if you will, uh, his opinions on today's Mic'd Up Marshep. The guy knows what he's talking about, and you'll see his enthusiasm for what he's talking about comes out loud and clear. So let me go to the tape and play a interview I had with Larry Finkelstein some years ago, and we're going to talk about database marketing, differentiating yourself, the importance of, of appearing different to your clients. He touches on niche marketing, and I think you're going to enjoy this little segment. So here we go, M me interviewing Larry Finkelstein. I took a drive down to Howell, New Jersey to interview a friend of mine, Larry Finkelstein, who is the Vice President of Marketing at Metro Marketing. Over the years, Larry has bought and sold a number of companies. He makes them successful and then sells them and then moves on to another company. Who better to interview on the topic of sales meetings? Now, Larry meets with his sales team every single morning at quarter of nine, and I wanted to find out what some of the topics were that Larry discussed with his group. We basically live under the philosophy that we'll spend the, fir the first six months, sometimes the first four years, giving. We'll give. We give articles. We'll send out tapes that we've done. We educate our marketplace. And it's almost, it's almost where I want my salesperson to get on the phone and the person on the other end saying, Joe, I didn't get any good articles from you this week. Where was the weekly newsletter? I'm depending upon you. Here's the steps, Michael. We want, we want the people to first know who we are. We want them to then like us. If we can get them to like us, I got a chance to get them to trust us. If they trust us, I got a chance to sell them something. So you got to go through the steps. Who are we? We got to get them to like us, develop a personal relationship, as I say with them, develop trust, give first, and then ask for something in return. Now that process can be anywhere from as short as a week 
to five years. We make sales here every single day, every single week that have been in the works for up to five years. They don't all take five years. They can take as long as five years or as short as a couple of weeks. But if you develop what I call a pipeline or assembly line and you're constantly moving the buckets, the buckets are moving along up. This group likes me. I'll get that. I'll now work on this group to trust me. I'll get this group who trusts me to depend on me. If you've got enough buckets, Michael, and you're moving them along, enough will fall off the back end being the sales. That's what we talked about this morning. That's something we talk about on a very regular basis. And Larry, how do you get that first domino to fall? How do you first uh, make an appearance in front of a person before they go into the A to D category? Okay, well the first thing you need to do is create the database. Am I talking to the right person? Okay, uh, am I talking to the person who can sign the check and make the decisions? Uh, that's one of the hardest things that I've had to teach new salespeople. They'll get on the phone and just chat away at a secretary. Yes, you want to be friendly to the secretary or the office manager, but I say, is that person signing the check? Is that the decision maker? So if that's not the decision maker, no, you don't want to be rude to the gatekeeper, but on the other hand, you don't want to be spending 80% of your time making your presentation to that person. So you first need to be building a database. Uh, do I have the right person's name, spelling of their name, their title, the company, their phone number, their fax number, email address if I can get that? That's building that database. That's the very first thing you do. That you do before you even make that first phone call before you even put them on what I call that conveyor belt. The conveyor belt starts from, again, starts from, okay, here is someone who I know exists but doesn't even know I exist. When they come to the end of the conveyor belt is when they sign that contract. Is your first contact a telephone call? The first contact is usually, as I say, a phone call. Absolutely, yes, and it's just an introduction. Hi, Joe, my name is Mary, here's what we do. We work for people like you all the time. Um, I want to send you some literature, as I say, on the company. And we also make sure that whenever we, see, when I'm sending literature out on the company, that's what's in it for me. We're always including something of what's in it for them. So it will be one of the eight or nine cassette tapes that I've put together that will help them improve their business. It may be an article from a newspaper. We're constantly as a group clipping articles from the Daily Wall Street Journal or the New York Times or a lot of periodicals that I know 99% of our clients or potential clients never read. We're constantly clipping them, passing them around and using them as an opportunity to jot off a note and send either on a daily, weekly or monthly basis. You mentioned the audio cassette which I've always thought was a good idea and I know that you, you send out audio cassettes now of previously taped programs. Could you tell me a little bit about how that works? Sure. As an example, uh, well, we, we have two types of, uh, of cassettes. The this cassette that we send out to the most are basically, again, cassettes that are industry-specific. One industry that we work, do a lot of work in, three to four million dollars a year, is in the medical field working with chiropractors. So we've put together a whole series of tapes helping chiropractors grow their practice. Not 
necessarily using us. Just, you know, how to place a better ad in the Yellow Pages, even though I don't sell Yellow Page ads. How to hire the right office manager, even though I'm not an employment agency. So we are becoming, we want to become the, the, the resource material room for a chiropractor. When a chiropractor, to use that as an example, has any question about his practice, he's going to come to us. Can we be of help to him? Have we produced a tape? Do we have any additional information? If I can, if I can build that trust factor, if I can have that person become dependent upon me as resource material, he will be much more receptive to talking to us about what we actually sell. All right, Larry, let's talk a little bit about separating or differentiating yourself from the competition. Okay, Michael, I think this is, if I can uh, leave your listeners with one point today, I think this would be it. When I last checked, I think there was something like 25 to 30,000 travel agents in the United States. And I'm sure in your own community, wherever you are, there may be 50 or 100 travel agents that a consumer could buy a product or service from. Well, why you? You have to set yourself apart from the competition. Come up with something that's going to set yourself apart. You want to be the most knowledgeable person on a particular part of the world. You want to have the lowest prices. You want to have the best service. And I'm not just talking about lip service. I'm not saying in an ad to say that uh, we provide the best service or the lowest prices. It's got to be something that's going to set yourself apart. Again, it can be an area of specialization. It can be the service. Maybe you'll be the only travel agency that's open on Sundays, open in the middle of the night. Uh, your prices are much lower than anybody else. You're going to provide an additional service or something that is going to set you, that, that, that's going to make you unique from everyone else. If you can come up with that unique selling proposition, you will not be just scattering yourself and going after everyone and being an expert to no one. Your market will be smaller, but to that narrower market, you will be recognized as an expert. Give you a parallel, if I may. If you're out looking for an attorney, if you need an attorney, you're not going to go looking for a general attorney. If you need an attorney because you fell down somewhere, God forbid, you're going to look for an attorney who specializes in falls, a, 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 an attorney who specializes in the problem that you're having as opposed to going to just a good general attorney. Same thing here. Carve out a niche for yourself. Not too small of a niche where there's not enough, a big enough market, but not too broad of a market either where you're just lost along, along with everyone else. Carve out a niche for yourself where you will become the world's recognized expert in that, uni in that niche. And when people want to travel to that part of the world or whatever that niche is, they will think of you first because you've become the expert in it, you've marketed yourself as that expert, and these, are the, these people will come to you before they go to anyone else, just as you would if you needed a doctor, you would go to a specialist. If you needed an attorney, you would go to a specialist, not a generalist, and you need to think of yourself in the same way. So there you have it. I'm back live now, and I want to add, uh, I want to dot the I, I want to add one more point. And that is when, when you meet people and uh, they're asking their, themselves the question, why should I do business with this person? As Larry alluded to in his uh, interview, there's many, many uh, competitors of yours out there trying for the same piece of business. So why should I want to do business with you? I think that's a very, very fundamental sound question that very few travel agents stop long enough to think about to come up with a logical, a real 
answer that people can believe in. Not that I've been in business 30 years, I have 14 people working for me, I've, I've visited 400 countries, uh, I give great customer service. That's, everybody says that. Here's what I'd like you to think about. When somebody says to you, you know, why should I do business with you? You say immediately, that's a great question, I'm glad you asked me that. That disarms them and gives you time ready to fill in the blanks. You then size up the person you're talking to, and let's say for conversation's sake, they're looking for uh, a honeymoon assistance. You then say, the last three people who were about to uh, take a honeymoon chose our services because. What you do is you answer the question from their peers' point of view, not your self-serving point of view. If you're talking to a, a father thinking to uh, uh, have a family reunion, the last two families who chose me to help them with the reunion selected us because they found that we, boom, fill in the blanks. Again, rather than being self-service and telling you how great I am, I'm letting you know why other people select me. This takes a little homework. This takes a little practice. This takes writing out your quote-unquote script and then editing that script before you memorize it and feel comfortable with answering the question without hesitation and without having to look at and sound like you're reading. Now, chances are, after you've done this assignment, people aren't going to ask you that question. So you now can say, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking of all the comp competition, all the other travel agents out there, why should you consider me as your management uh, uh, agent? Then you answer the question yourself. So in other words, you feed them with the question if they don't ask it themselves. Bottom line, by doing this exercise, you're going to be more confident because you will realize for the first time why you make sense to other people. So minimum, do the exercise. You'll thank me for it. This is Mike Dupmarshev. I'll talk to you next week with some more ideas, uh, suggestions, recommendations, tactics, strategies, you name it. We've got it. I'll talk to you in a week. Bye.